Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and my guest this morning is a woman who we owe a big thank you to. She has served our country and continues to serve other veterans back home. Michaela Brito is a Marine Corps vet who sustained injuries that forced her into medical retirement. She is the Director of Veteran Services for Raynham. She's on the Executive Board of the Mass Veterans Service Office Association and serves on the Steering Committee for the Mass Women's Veterans. Network. She is here today with her service dog, a Great Dane named Rabbit, to talk about her work with vets and with the Service Dog Project. Good morning, Michaela. Good morning, Sue. Thank you for having me today. So excited to have you. So you served as a Marine for seven years. You were stationed in both Japan and in California. What drew you originally to the armed forces? So that's a trick question. (laughs) I really wanted to go to college, but back then, um, my mom passed away when I was younger, so it was just me and my dad. Okay. So for my dad, in order for him to pay for me to go to college was like kind of a tight budget type thing. Mm -hmm. So my dad and I had always talked. My dad's a World War II veteran, so it was one of those things where I've always been very patriotic. Yes. I decided that I heard so many of the guys in my class talking about going into the reserves or going on active duty and this thing called the GI Bill. So I was like, ooh, this sounds interesting. So Mm -hmm. I decided that I was going to talk to all the branches of service and see what I could get from whichever branch, but not have it so much handed to me, but see what I could earn because that's the way my dad raised me. Mm -hmm. Nothing is just handed to you. Went and spoke to all the different branches. I walked into the Marine Corps recruiting office, and first words out of his mouth are, I'm not going to promise you anything. Whatever you get, or you you have to earn it. And you were like, bingo, that's what I'm like, looking for. Bam. Yeah, and there so it is. Two hours later, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. I went and I took the ASVAB, which is the Armed Forces battery test that yeah. you have to take. I thought I did horrible because I got an 88 on it. and Horrible? Well... <laughs> Okay, so again, I thought that was horrible because, like, I thought it was on a grade of 1 to 100. Yeah. And then my recruiter was like, so you get to pick any job you want except for combat arms because at that point in time, obviously. Then we went up to MEPS, and as I was sitting there talking to them, they were telling me, oh, well, yes, you can do whatever you'd like. So instead of going reserve and going to college, I came home and said, Surprise, Dad. I'm going active duty for six years. Wow. So you made the full-on commitment. And I know you were. Um, your specialty was aircraft launch and recovery. You were injured during a recovery mission. Tell us quickly what happened. Um, so with my job, aircraft launch and recovery, you know, watching Top Gun when the jets land on the aircraft carrier and they catch the cable? Yes. So in the Marine Corps, we have it on a fixed airfield. But my job, we also build those expeditionary airfields wow so our job is to maintain the engines that run the cables um, all the airfield lighting 
and the Expeditionary Airfield. Well, we happened to have um, a couple aircraft that had gone down, mm -hmm. and so we respond side by side with crash fire rescue. We're out there. Nobody told us that there was live ammunition on the aircraft. Oh, so no. when we got there um, and we were getting ready to remove gear or whatever we could, all of a sudden ammunition started cooking off and they were telling us to pull back. And when I was pulling back, I slipped and fell and landed on my back with all my gear oh, on my boy. back. And I injured myself. So you were forced into uh, medical retirement. Yes. And that was back in 94? Yes. Okay. So what's interesting, though, is that you have now spent the last couple of decades um, sort of helping other veterans, and you've had chronic pain and things to deal with in that time, but you have sort of dedicated your life to helping other vets. Yes. Uh, why did you decide to do that? I know that you're involved in a couple, you're on a couple of boards and steering committees and, and you're very, very involved day to day in improving the lives of vets. Talk a little bit about why you, you do that. So my very first exposure to the VA was a 25 year old little girl, lack of a better term, because as I walked in through the front doors of the New Orleans Medical Center because when I get out, I moved to New Orleans because I didn't want to come home to snow. Mm -hmm. um, I walk in and there are these grumpy old men sitting around. There was no like separate place for like the women's clinic or anything like that. And I went in and they told me that I was getting ready to have my exams for um, my compensation and pension exams after my disability. I go in and at the time, we were in like the, um, you know, back in the day during the hospital um, emergency room, you just had the curtain that separated yes. you. So on the sliding pole on the there. Sliding yeah. pole. So here I am sitting on the table getting ready to be examined. And there's this little old man next to me t complaining about his hemorrhoids. Oh, gosh. So I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, what am I doing? And as difficult as it was for me to navigate the system and learn the ins and outs, I soon learned that it wasn't my only plight that everybody else was doing the, same, the thing. same thing yeah and i wanted to be that squeaky wheel that got the grease to help other women with their benefits because i don't know how many times i was told hi little girl are you here with your dad or are you here with your grandpa yeah assuming that assuming you wouldn't be the veteran. the veteran yeah and so you were like there needs to be a better system here yes that accommodates all vets. All veterans. <laughs> Not just males or older veterans. Because I think a lot of people, there is that stereotype. And I think that's what you're working to sort of overcome of a veteran as like an older gentleman mm -hmm. who was in a war way, way, way back. And is it's sort of like, no, it could be, as you said, a 25-year-old female. Right. It's amazing at the leaps and bounds that the VA has come through. Mm-hmm. But there's still a long way to go. Um Women are the fastest growing demographic right. in the military. Um, right now, we're at approximately 16% of active duty personnel. Wow. Um, here in the Commonwealth, we're mandated by Massachusetts general law to have a veteran service officer in every community. So that dates all the way back to the Civil War. We are actually, again, the fastest growing demographic as far as women veteran service officers in the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So... Being able to continue and keep backboning and being able to help a veteran, help his family, or just help somebody who wants to learn more about it has been, like, the best thing. And it's a job 
but I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So it's enjoyable. So it's veteran helping veteran on a daily basis. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and we've been chatting with Michaela Brito, a Marine Corps vet who is committed to improving the lives of other veterans through her works as the Director of Veteran Services for Raynham and with the Mass Veterans Service Office and Mass Women's Veterans Network. Uh, I want to get back to our conversation because I want to talk a little bit about what happened to you a month ago. You had some chronic pain left over from uh, your, your service, but you also had a car accident, which of course exacerbated things. But about a month ago, you received a service dog and he's here with us today. I don't know if people can hear. She, she's here with us today. And I don't know if people can hear, (laughs) but she's, uh, I will, I will paint the picture. She is a beautiful Great Dane and she is gigantic, but the most docile, calm, friendly thing. And right now she's chewing on a bone or a toy or something, but her name is Rabbit. And I want to talk about how you got this, this service dog. Um, the Rotary Foundation, a group of Rotary clubs, they came together to present you with their donation of this service dog. Talk about how she has changed your life over the past month or so that you've had her. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you so much to Rotary District 7930. Um, they're in the North Shore in southeastern New Hampshire because through their efforts, I wouldn't be matched with Rabbit. I obtained rabbit through service dog project out of Ipswich, Massachusetts, which pairs um, mobility and stability issues with the Great Dane with not just a veteran, but anybody. Anybody. Um, Because you could have MS, you could have Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. Anybody anybody. who needs it. Right. It's, yeah. So earlier in the summer, I was contacted by um, then the coordinator for the Mass Women Veterans Network asking me, hey, are you still looking for a service dog? I was like, of course I am, but I know it's going to take a while. And she's like, I think we have the inside track. Oh, that's so And good. I was like, oh, okay. So I went ahead and I um, sent my application, sent some information in to both Rotary and to Service Dog Project. And then in October, um, I was contacted by them to go up and be bonded and paired and matched with a dog. In the meanwhile, I had gone up numerous weekends and a few times during the week to volunteer and work around the farm and the project so that I could learn more about the dogs. And I was thinking I was going to be matched with one of three other dogs. And then all of a sudden they brought me Rabbit. And I was just like, that's not any of the dogs that I've worked with. (gasps) And so at first I panicked because I didn't know how it would turn out. Yeah. But within hours, the two of us were like best friends. Best friends. Yeah. And we everywhere together. Um, she like Velcro. So how does she help you? She helps you as you're holding her in terms of your stability so you won't fall in terms of walking, going up and down stairs, all of that. Yes. Um, to include walking across flat surfaces. Yeah. Some days it's just like more difficult than others right Um, so I have a lower spine hip pelvis issue there are days where I could barely get out of bed Hmm. by myself in more ways than one she gets me out of bed every morning so she comes over wakes me up Um, I utilize her um, by resting on her shoulders to pull myself up out of bed Mm -hmm. get out of bed and then we start our day of course, taking her outside, so that's getting me going. Right. I hold on. I have a harness that stays on her at all times. It's a soft harness. So if I need it, I can use it to hold on to her. Mm-hmm. 
I like how you brought up, though, it's not just physical support. She's right. emotional, psychological she support. She's a companion. Yes, very much always so. always a companion. This service dog project is amazing, what they do out of Ipswich. And, it, and, and people, I don't think, realize what an animal, how much an animal can enhance their life, right? And now you volunteer for them. So, yeah. so you obviously, you still volunteer now even after you've been placed? Yes. So matched? actually, so we've gone up um, two times. Well, actually, more than that, because I've gone up a couple times with Rotary also while we we're doing different yeah. things for our events. Um, but it's funny because the first time Rabbit and I went back up there, it was only a couple days after we had been matched. Yeah. So she literally took her there so she could play with the other dogs and she wouldn't leave my side. Oh. And it was almost like she's like, don't leave me here. She's yeah. Like, I want to go back home. And by the way, again, you've only had her for a month. Yes. And she's already that much in tune and in step with you and your and your rhythm and your lifestyle and all of that, which is so cool. Talk a little bit about, I know that you were just honored by being the Grand Marshal of the 2019 uh, Veterans Day Parade here in Boston. That must have been a huge honor for you. It was. It was amazing. Um, I was kind of shocked because a friend of mine called me from the American Legion and they were like, hey, got a question for you. They're like, what are you doing on Veterans Day? And I was like, I go, that's a loaded question, really? I'm a veteran service officer. What am I doing on <laughs> exactly. Veterans Day? They're like, well, do you have plans that could be broken? Okay, want to fill me <laughs> more, in a little bit more? more? And they're like, well, the city of Boston's Veterans Day parade. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, I don't mind. Um, I go, I don't know how much of it I can walk. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. I was like, okay. And they're like, because you'll just be up on the grandstand. Mind you, they forgot to say the fact of, we would like you to be the grand marshal. Yeah, it was so just, you're still you, trying to yeah. guess, like, what's happening. So, so you sit up on the grandstand, yes. and you're, it's cool because you're representing yes. all of your fellow veterans. Yes. And that must be just huge. It was amazing. Even um, 25 years later, is it just amazing? It is. It's truly an honor and a privilege to be able to wear the Marine Corps dress blues. We're the only branch that, like, so in the Army, you're a soldier. In the yeah. Air Force, you're an airman. In the Navy, you're a sailor. In the Marine Corps, you're a Marine. So, right. I guess I hadn't thought about it that way. So yeah. you earn that title. Nobody can ever take it away from you. So I represent the past 100 years of women in the Marine Corps. It's just been so amazing to know that we've had phenomenal women in our military dating all the way back to Deborah Sampson mm -hmm. right here from the Commonwealth all the way up to present day with Tammy Duckworth being an amputee in the U.S. Senate mm -hmm. um, to women graduating from Army Ranger School having women flying the F-35 aircraft for the Marine Corps so all these things are just glass ceilings being broken and getting the bar rose even higher and just to have a little part of that it's an exciting time it's, it's awesome yeah if you're just joining us this is exceptional women on magic 106.7 i'm sue tab and our guest today is Michaela brito who is sharing her own personal story as a marine corvette who suffers from chronic pain but works tirelessly to improve the lives of all vets through both her work with veteran services and as a volunteer for the service dog project her own service dog rabbit generously donated by a group of rotarians is here as well let's continue on i want to talk a little bit about what you're most proud of what what are you most proud of when you think back on the time that you served. That I graduated boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. 
<laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you were not, you were full on. So I you had to do whatever. I was 17 years old. 17. I had to get parental consent from my dad. Wow. Um, I went to boot camp September 28th, 1987, graduated December 22nd, 1987, and December 29th turned 18. That's unbelievable. So I literally went through all of boot camp at the age of 17. Yeah, so for me, the whole thing was, okay, I really have to graduate. I have to make everybody proud. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't thinking about after boot camp stuff. I was yeah. just making... You were just like, I got to get through th- this. <laughs> through this. <laughs> yeah. So earning that title of Marine is the best Like nothing thing. else. Is the Marine Corps the one with Semper... Semper Fidelis. Semper Fidelis, yes. Which always is faithful. always... What is it? Always faithful. Always faithful. And that's what you said. You're like, you're a Marine. Yes. And you're a, a Marine until the day you die. Correct. I want to ask you about your show, Ask the Veterans Agent, in your hometown of Taunton. Tell us about that program. So we're on Hometown Talk Radio, um, 1530, and it's now on an FM station, and I suck because I don't remember the, <laughs> the call sign now, um, because we literally just got the FM license. So, but... It's called Ask the Veterans People can Agent. find it. Exactly. Google it. Right. <laughs> Google it. Um, it's a show that's myself and two other veteran service officers host it on a cool. weekly basis. Yep. It's on Tuesdays at noon till one. We do different things by having different veterans organizations or talking about veterans benefits or different things that are going to be beneficial to a veteran and or their families or to the community. And it started out as... Oh, we have this show idea. Do you think? And before we were even leaving, they were telling us, oh, and on this date, you'll be starting the show. And I was just like, excuse me, do what? Yeah. And you just did it. Here we are two years later, still doing the show. Well, obviously, there's an appetite for it because two years later, you still have an audience. So that's terrific. We're running out of time, believe it or not. I want to get to this. What is your hope? for all vets when they return and what do we still need to do we have come a long way we covered that we have a long way to go yes so talk a little bit about what needs to be done and what your hope is moving forward for vets as they return my hope is that we allow all veterans no matter race creed color (laughs) branch no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Um, that they are able to have the need the benefits that they need Yep. and properly utilize them, that it's not a hassle and that everybody is treated fairly and with respect and dignity, whether it be getting services through healthcare, whether it be getting vocational rehabilitation services or the ultimate sacrifice of being buried at a national cemetery. And those are all things that I just want everybody to know that no matter what, you have somebody out there for you. We're always going to be there to support you. Don't ever feel alone. Um, I wear a black honor ring on both of my trigger fingers I see that. because I'm ambidextrous and I shoot pistol with one hand and bow, compound bow with the other. Is that all? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, oh my God. So these, wow. ring, these rings are for the 22 a day who ultimately take their lives. And so until there is none, that's my true goal is until there are no you will wear those rings until until there there are are none none. and how are we doing with that I feel like we're doing better but we need to do a lot better yes and I just want every veteran to know that they can just reach out and and call there's a 1-800 number Mm -hmm. for the VA crisis line that you can call and not only can you call them you can also text or go online and chat just if you have 
if you're ever in doubt and you're in that dark place, please feel free to call 1-800-273-8255 and press option one for veteran. Okay. And that's the crisis line. And somebody's there 24-7. Even if you just need to talk. Even if you need to talk. That's amazing. Michaela, you're amazing. I love that you've really, you've made it your life's mission and your passion to um, help others. And that is remarkable. So thank you for your service and thank you for what you've done after that, which is the last 25 years of work. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. You've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and we uh, know that exceptional women are everywhere, and we are privileged to provide a platform for them to share their stories and inspire others. We talk to celebrities and CEOs, but we are also interested in those who are quietly making an impact out in our communities. Email us if you know someone you'd like to suggest. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to my producer, Kendra Petroni, and to all of you for listening. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 730 for another edition of Exceptional women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.